0: What is up, people? For those of you who don't know, my name is Pastor Daniel, and we are going to be continuing in the Fake ID series tonight. So the Fake ID series is all about reclaiming your identity in Christ. I have a question for you guys. Have you ever believed something and then years later you found out that it actually wasn't true? Santa, exactly. perfect example of Santa, right? So you kind of lived your life one way because you believed this thing. Then once you found out it wasn't true, you just, just ruined your whole life. So I came up with a list of a few things that I used to believe in but later found out were not true. Let's go to that first one. The first one is that it's dangerous to wake up a sleepwalker, all right? I was told that you can't wake up a sleepwalker because they're going to have like a heart attack or something or the brain's going to melt, I don't know. But I looked it up, all right? And pretty much the danger to waking up a sleepwalker is the same danger to waking up someone who's asleep, all right? They might swing on you because you just woke them up from a nap or something, all right? So they're not going to get a heart attack. The brain's not going to melt, all right? The second one is that bulls hate red, that is not true, because bulls, like all cattle, right? I'm learning a few things here. Are colorblind to red, all right? They actually react to the movement of the capes, all right. So MythBusters did a whole test on this. They used different color capes. The bull reacted the same way, all right. So the bull, I don't know. The matadors they wear red and they use red because it's a flashy color. So you know, it's it's a show. It's showmanship. So the third one is that you, you, can, you can't file a missing person report unless you wait 24 hours. Now, we have some missing people here, uh, the entire Atlanta Falcons team. Uh, they, were, they were found in the trash. Uh, last time we saw them, they were in the trash. We haven't seen them since. So, uh, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Eagles are going to the Super Bowl, so, uh, yeah. But this is a myth. Because most people, you see this in a TV show, right? You see it on, (laughs) some people are mad about that one. That's okay. (laughs) This myth, this myth comes from TV shows, movies, you know, because that's where I heard it from. Like, oh, you got to wait 24 hours before you submit a missing persons report or whatever. But that's not true. If someone's missing, you can tell the police immediately. The fourth one is that you have to wait 30 minutes to swim after eating. That is not true, all right? You could eat whatever you want and jump right in the pool. You can eat in the pool, all right? Probably shouldn't do that, but you could if you liked that kind of thing. I don't know. But the myth is that, you know, if you eat and you don't wait 30 minutes, you're going to cramp up, then you're not going to be able to swim, then you're going to drown, all right? That's not true. You'll be fine, all right? You won't drown, Unless you can't swim to begin with, then you probably shouldn't go in the pool. The last one is that shaving makes your hair grow in thicker. Now, I didn't have to look up anything for this one, all right? Because I know from experience, people, all right? I'm trying to, I'm trying to get on uh, Mr. Jen's level, but, you know, I don't know if I got there. He has a big beard, bro. But I have not been clean shaven since, like, sixth grade, people, Okay? I know what I'm talking about. Anyway, let's move on. So we get told these things growing up, and we end up believing them. And we carry, these, we carry these things as truth without even realizing it. So based off of those things, I have a question for you. Why do I do what I do? Why do we do what we do? See, I know some people that will try on a whole bunch of outfits, my sisters particularly, they'll try on a whole bunch of outfits and then complain that they have nothing to wear. But then she has a closet full of clothes and then an extra closet for her extra clothes and then the downstairs closet with the shoes in it. It's like, okay, you definitely have plenty of clothes. And then some people for my drivers in the room Maybe you'll get road rage out of nowhere. All right, I'm guilty of this. Someone cuts me off or someone's going slow, especially when someone just goes in front of you and then they slow down. I'm like, what are you doing? But I've had moments where I flip out and then I'm like, why did I, what, why, why did I just do that? How about this? Do you know why you close your eyes when you pray? Think about it. It is the focus, yes. But, I mean, I close my eyes just because, I don't know, I just, was like, that's what we do. When you pray, you close your eyes. I don't know why. Do you know why you pray the way you pray? For the longest time, I used to say holies and uh, just try to say crazy words like, uh, Holy Spirit, just uh, Like a phoenix just rise from the ashes, and I didn't know what I was saying, but I said it because that's what people said growing up, So I was like, oh, this is how I was supposed to pray. What about the way you worship? Do you know why you lift your hands? Do you know why people fall to their knees? Do you know why people lay down on the ground? And that brings me back to that question, why do I do what I do? See, if we're being truthful, most of us would say that we don't know why we do the things we do. We don't know why we say the things we say, think the way we think, or respond the way we respond. But like P.S. said last week, behavior flows from identity. Now, we've been in the book of Ephesians, and Paul is teaching the Ephesians how... To be Christians, right? How to be Christ followers. They're brand new to this. And so he has to come in and kind of show them the way. But he knows he can't just say, hey, do this, do that. Because you know, if if you've ever had little cousins or little brothers or sisters or whatever, at one point, you can't just tell them what to do because they're going to say, why? Right? But see, Paul makes sure he tells them who they are first. Because when you know who you are, you'll know what to do. Say it with me. When you know who you are, you'll know what to do. One more time. When you know who you are, you'll know what to do. So last week, PS asked us to do something, and I'm going to ask the same thing. Imagine you're at a dinner party, and the host of this party says, I have these name tags. But don't write your name on there. Write something else that you would th- say that you are. All right, you see, identity is the lens from which we see everything. Identity is the lens from which we see everything. So that thing that you think that you are, like whatever you wrote down, you see life through that lens. And the definition that we're using for identity in this series is Identity is the truest thing about you. Identity is the truest thing about you. And the funny thing is that whatever that is may not actually be true. You see, we're talking about fake IDs. And this week we're going to be talking about photo IDs. This is when we find our identity by how others see us. Now, the biggest way I think this manifests itself nowadays is in social media, in social media. So I did a little experiment, right? I went on the 597 on Instagram. I clicked on followers, and I went on about 50 people's Instagrams, right? So you have this little section on Instagram where it asks for a description, right? You can type in whatever you want. And so I came up with this list based on the people on who follow five, the 597 on Instagram. So some of these might be people in this room, all right? I don't know. I don't remember who I looked at. But <laughs> some of the ones that, uh, that the description that it had was artist, relationship. I saw, you know, the little dates like 10, 31, 15, forever. Uh, but, you know? <laughs> some people said husband, father. This one was a really good one. Once someone had Daughter of the King, I was like, okay, all right. People said where they were from, so they wrote down Atlanta or Marietta. Um, People had their alma mater, which is where you graduate from, you know, your college. Um, Some people had their ethnicity. There were quotes, scripture. Uh, They talked about finances. You know, some people had, like, money in their hands, like, eh. (laughs) (laughs) People talked about God, like being, God being first. Some people linked other social media to their Instagram to, like, follow me on Snapchat uh, or come to my website or whatever. Uh, nickname, career, website. And some people just had coffee. Like, they just talked about coffee. I was like, what? I don't get it. You know, Starbucks is complicated for me. I can't order tall and large and a cup or something. I don't know. It's weird. I don't know how it works, all right? It's too complicated. But Paul tells us our identity in two words. And that is in Christ. In Christ. Your identity needs to be in Christ. If you call yourself a Christ follower. Not should be. Your identity needs to be in Christ. If you call yourself a Christ follower. Now, Social media has gotten a little advanced now, um, but I remember uh, just in December, I went back home, and I was talking to one of my former guys that uh, went to the youth group I, I used to be at, and uh, he's telling me about this thing called Finstagram. I was like, "What? what is that? What is that? And I'm seeing, like, these little people posting, saying, hey, follow my spam account. I was like, what? Like, what the heck is that? And so apparently... Nowadays, people have two social media accounts, so that one is like, uh, you know, your normal one, I guess, you know, your family members and stuff follow, and you post, you know, great stuff like John 316, Jesus. (laughs) Uh, But apparently, the Finsta is, you know, a private one, and people, only your close friends could see it, um, because you only accept them, and you post whatever. You know, so it could be inappropriate stuff, um, crude jokes or whatever. And, um, I mean, to be honest with you guys, it's just like an advanced way of living a double life. It's like the digital way of living a double life. And, I mean, I'll be honest with you guys. When I was in high school, all right, the popular social media was MySpace, (laughs) right? All right, you had like top eights and stuff, and Tom was your first friend, all right? But uh, I'm going to tell you guys a secret. It's, it's not really a secret, but it's an embarrassing... Hey, 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 guys, guys, guys. I'm, I'm being vulnerable with you right now, all right? I'm going to tell you something, but you can't laugh, all right? You promise you're not going to laugh? I can't promise Okay, some people didn't say anything, so probably going to hear laughs. Anyway... When I had MySpace, alright? There were, there were two photos that I posted uh, where I was shirtless. Okay? I'm just being honest, alright? I'm being honest. I'm not proud. Okay. But this was back when I was in high school, I ran track. Alright, so I was fit, all right? I was fit. Okay. But I posted these photos because I wanted guys to be like, oh, yeah, bro, I'm trying to get like you. And I wanted girls to be like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And I did get that response. But why did I do that? Because I didn't know who I was. I was living a double life, really. Because in church... I was one way. At home, I was another way. On social media, I was another way. I sure wasn't taking my shirt off in church. <laughs> I wasn't doing that. Yet on social media, I did that. And I wanna be candid with you guys. If you guys have a Instagram or anything like that, I just want you guys to know like You guys are better than that. And I'm better than that. Like, looking back, I'm like, what am I doing? Like, why did I do that? So if that's you, and you have a Instagram, or, you know, you're doing, you're a different person on social media, like, just know, like, your identity is in Christ. It's not about what people say to you in the comments, or um, they give you compliments, or anything like that. Like, that's not... That's not you. And so, I'm no longer like that, of course. You know, I used to thirst for likes, but now, I thirst for Christ, all right? Can I get an amen? Well! Hallelujah! I thirst for Christ, all right? But for real, I I don't, I don't go on social media looking for people to give me attention. Like, I know that my identity is in Christ. You see, when you know who you are, you'll know what to do. Say with me. When you know who you are, you'll know what to do. You see, Paul realized this, that telling people what to do without telling them who they are would not create a lasting change. And so in Ephesians 2.11, it says, don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. You were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews. So he's reminding them that you used to be called this. You used to have your identity in what other people said about you. And maybe this is where some of us are at right now, where our old identities kind of tug on us. And this is about the, the early and often effect, which P.S. talked about last week. And this is when, you know, you, maybe you've been called things early on from your childhood. Or maybe you've been called things often throughout your life. So those things stick to you, and they, you kind of form your identity around those things. And maybe that connects to the question that we've been asking tonight. Which is, why do I do what I do? You see, even positive things could be bad. Because remember, identity, the definition of identity that we're using is that it's the truest thing about you. And the truest thing needs to be that you're in Christ. You see, some people grew up and they were told, you're smart, you're a genius. And then I was friends with those people and they would get an A- on a test. Like half the class would fail it. And they would be freaking out more than the people who failed the test. Because they're like, oh, my gosh, I didn't get an A+. Like, I should have done better. Like, can I do extra credit to get my, uh, my grade up? It's because their identity may, be not, may not be in the right place. And it creates these unhealthy expectations. Maybe your identity was in your looks, like me. Maybe you were called beautiful or handsome growing up. And if you're a girl, maybe you can't go anywhere without wearing makeup. I don't know. I know like my sisters, like they always have makeup on, no matter what. They go to the mailbox, they're putting on makeup, all right? Anywhere they go, they're putting on makeup. For guys. Maybe you're told, oh bro, you're an athlete, man. You're strong, you're this. And so you just push yourself so hard to work out and to do all these things to make sure people see that you're an athlete, to see that you're strong. Now, when I was in high school, my identity was not in Christ, all right? Do we have that picture up there? So that's me right there. There are no embarrassing photos because they were all deleted, all right? They're gone, all right? They're gone, Okay, but I'm going to tell you about who I was in high school. I, I used to be able to grow hair, okay, had a fro. But in high school, I went to a predominantly white high school. All right, so a lot of people told me, oh, you're black, so you're supposed to act this way. You can't talk this way. Like, you're supposed to dress this way. And so I just created my whole identity through that. I walked. I walk like this, wait, 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 wait. I got to get into it, I walk like this, with a limp, you know, because I thought it was cool, I was like, you got the one long stride and then you kind of get a little hitch in there, but I I just did it because I thought it was cool, I wore these huge shirts, like double XL, three XL, like, this is back in the day, all right, fitted clothes weren't in back then, okay? So I had huge shirts, huge pants. I used to wear fitted hats. I put them super low, like right above my eyes so you couldn't see me, you know, because I never smile because I'm a thug. (laughs) And that's what I did. Like, I wore, I don't know if you guys know what a do-rag is, but I wore a do-rag. I didn't even have waves. I didn't even have waves. I just wore it because it was part of the persona. Like, I was like, "Oh yeah, I look hardcore like this," and I would just meme mug everybody because I thought that's who I was supposed to be. I thought that's how I was supposed to act. But we don't have to be known by those fake IDs. We don't have to follow those fake IDs. And in Hebrews eleven twenty four, it says, "It was by faith that Moses called us; that Moses refused to be called." the son of Pharaoh's daughter. You don't have to be known by what people call you. You don't have to be known by your past or your ability. You don't have to take those fake IDs onto yourself. And Paul wants us to have the right view of who we are. And he gives us three photos to shape our identity. The first one is that we are adopted. We are adopted. In Ephesians 1.4, it says, Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ, in Christ, to be holy and without fault in his eyes. We'll go to the next verse. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. Now, I want to tell you guys something about Roman adoption, all right? Back then, what adoption meant. It meant that your old life was completely erased, all right? If you had debts, they were gone. You were considered a completely different person, and you were entitled to the same inheritance as the blood uh, child was. So, whenever that time came, you had the same exact level of inheritance, Next one is that you are a masterpiece. You are a masterpiece. Now, one of the things that uh, I feel like teenagers especially struggle with is, you know, physically what they look like. You know, I can remember, I mean, I wanted compliments, I wanted girls to notice me. Or I wanted, or girls would want guys to notice them. And I'm here to tell ladies especially. Like, you're a masterpiece. There's no back and forth like, oh, does he like me? Or does he think I'm pretty? It's like, no. God says you're a masterpiece. And I really want you guys to hear that. Because, I mean, I have sisters, like, I know, like, what they go through and that and that kind of stuff. And I really want you guys to hear like as one of your pastors, like you guys are beautiful, you're fearfully made, like don't let no boy come in here talking about saying whatever, talking crazy, all right? Beautiful, you're a masterpiece. All right, for the guys, I want to tell you like you got to look good, man. You guys look good. Like for real. Like, I know that might be weird to hear or for weird for me to say, but hear it and accept it. Before anything else, you were called a masterpiece. Before you worked out, before you put on makeup, you were called a masterpiece. The masterpiece is pretty beautiful, all right? So that is the second thing that Paul wants us to shape our identity. The third one is that you are loved. You are loved. In Ephesians three, eighteen, it says, You may have and may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. You know, next one. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to fully understand. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of, pow- of life and power. That comes from God. We can't comprehend how much God loves us. But He sent His Son to die for us, knowing that we would make mistakes, knowing that at times we would reject Him. But just know that in Christ, you are loved. You're not rejected, you're not abandoned. You're loved. You have a father that loves you unconditionally. Say it with me. When you know who you are, you'll know what to do. When you know who you are, you'll know what to do. There's a quote by Charles Cooley, who's a sociologist. And it says, your self-concept comes from what you think the most important. The most important person in your life thinks about you. In other words, it says, your identity comes from what you think the most important person in your life thinks about you. Which begs the next question Who is the most important person in your life? Is it God? I want to tell you guys uh, a closing story about how I knew that God was the one I went to for my identity. Now, two years, about two years or so out of high school, it's summertime, and this one girl keeps texting me, like, wanting to hang out, and I just keep ignoring her. I'm like, "Uh, no, I got to hang out with family. Side note, that's, like, my go-to excuse, like, if I don't want to hang out. I'm like, oh, I got to spend time with family because you can't say anything to that, you know? Like, what are you going to say? But I kept using this excuse (laughs) to this girl, all right? So finally, she asked me, and I was like, okay, fine, I'll hang out with you. So she's having this party, and at first I get there, and it it was cool. You know, we're just kind of catching up. Uh, I I didn't really go to parties when I was in high school, so I didn't know you don't actually show up on time. So I came on time. And so we're just kind of catching up about high school. You know, where have you been? Uh, what are you doing? Da da da. And it was cool at first. Then slowly but surely, more people keep coming in, more people keep coming in. Then I see alcohol get brought out. And I'm like, Ugh, what, what, what's happening? Then I see marijuana getting brought out. And I'm like, all right, this is awkward. Like, I'm uncomfortable. I'm going to leave. So I get up to leave, and uh, someone stands in front of me, and they're like, oh, hey, you're Daniel, right? I was like, yeah. Like, oh, you're the Christian, right? I was like, yeah. (laughs) See, the friend that wanted me to go to her party had told this other girl about me, and this girl was watching me as everyone else was smoking and drinking, I sat there with nothing in my hands. And we got to talk about God, and I got to witness to her a little bit. But as I was walking away, I was like, wow. Like, that just happened. And looking back on it now, I could say, that was when I knew, that I knew, that I knew, that I knew that my identity was in God. See, because I knew who I was. And I knew that I wasn't going to touch any of that stuff. And so I knew I got to get out of here. And that's what I did. And I mean, I'm not giving you guys license to I like go to these parties and witness to people, right? That was the only part I went to, okay? I just want to get that disclaimer, okay? But I knew who I was, and I wasn't going to let anyone change that. Maybe you're hearing these things, and you're thinking... Okay, uh, I'm a masterpiece, but this. Okay, I'm loved, but but that. Or I'm adopted, but that. Maybe you're not really accepting what the Bible says you are. And I relate to you. Because if I was in those seats, where I was when I was in high school, I would probably be think, thinking the same things. I would hear, you're adopted. I'd be like, well, oh, but that person abandoned me. I would hear, you're a masterpiece, but I'd be like, "Uh, but they called me ugly. I would hear, you're loved out here, but that person doesn't love me. And if that's you tonight, I just want you to push past that mind game and speak truth to it. Speak these verses over it. So we're going to close like this. Instead of saying other things as your identity and the little name tag, it is now hello. I am adopted. I am God's masterpiece, and I am loved.